know, and I, I say all the time, actually, and that planning gives you permission to spend, right? It gives you permission to spend without all of that ancillary anxiety or guilt because we've already taken care of the other stuff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore great ways to achieve those two goals and invite cool, interesting people on who can help us figure out where our blocks are and why we're not already gazillionaires. And that's why I'm so excited that Nicole Overcamp is with us today. She is a personal finance expert. She's a business coach for women, and she's the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Pow Her House Money Coaching. She's also the co-author of the best-selling book, Money Bitch, a no BS guide for smart women to own their financial future. Nicole, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Awesome. So were you always a money bitch? Did you always just like get money and know how it worked and just like, don't get why people don't have any? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was not. Um, I had to learn a lot and I learned a lot from my own mistakes, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, we are all human. And regardless of how much you know about money, you don't always do what you know. Right. right. So um, there, there was a lot of that as well that my younger self had to recognize and learn from and, and really grow from truly from, from a mindset perspective, discipline. And then I think, you know, looking within and saying, man, like, is this really where I want my resources to be going? Am I putting my money where my goals are and how can I convert that? Yeah. I think sometimes things just hit you like an anvil. And uh, you realize I'm not living uh, maybe my most aligned or authentic life, or you recognize that you're not happy and you've been replacing that sadness or anxiety with a temporary thing. For me, it was shopping, right? Um, therapy. <laughs> and absolutely. Yeah. And it was the only thing I had time to do because when I was younger and just getting started in this business, I was working 80 hour weeks. 90 hour, you know, just crazy hours. And so the only thing that I could do to have that release was to shop online and, uh, which I don't know why I did because it's not like I had any time to like wear these things, <laughs> but, uh, I did have a lot of shoes that, that I wore to the office and, uh, and, and I had another habit of every single day was going out for ice cream and that added up. And when I realized it was $1,500 a year on ice cream, and now this is going back 10 years ago, people. So, uh, that was a lot of money for one thing. And so it, you know, those little things were bubbling I'm like, well, why, why am I doing this? Is it, is it the ice cream or am I just escaping the office? You know, is it, is it the shoes or am I doing an impulsive thing to escape anxiety or uh, feel like I need to have this uh, false sense of success for, for people to see because I wanted something to show for all the work, you know, it's, right. it's, it's incredible. I think sometimes how much money is linked to um, all things, not money, right? Uh, all, all the things that, that we put behind it or put with it uh, that can result in either a, a lot of wealth building or quite the opposite. Right. A lot of status things, That's right. a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you team up with Sarah? 
So I met Sarah, actually the senior that I, I launched Wilcox Financial Group at the time I, I was on the board for the American Business Women's Association, and I coaxed her into joining and, and joining the board. And, and so through that, we, we got to know each other. I just immediately had this trust and respect uh, for her, and she had recently left her banking career and was in, in the quandary of like what to do next. And so uh, I, I didn't know what I needed, but I knew I needed help and she was available. And so it really started just like that. She she started as my admin assistant and was literally working out of my bedroom in my, you know, at my desk, uh, because at the time I couldn't afford the extra office space in, in the, you know, corporate parkway that I was renting. And so it, it started there. And I, I, I mean, man, I didn't know her for that long. And I was like, here's a case of my house, help me out, you know? Um, and, and it grew from there. And she was just terrific because she loved to do all the things that I hated doing. She was good at the things I was terrible at. And so it was really a, a nice dynamic duo. And, and she had, the ability and the capacity to, to learn quickly, learn on her own, which is great because I'm not uh, the best teacher when, when it comes to that. And so, and then over the years, it, it developed into more and she got licensed and, um, and really became uh, such a great supporter. Excellent. Oh, that's nice. What a nice story. Because sometimes it's just the opposite. You're like, oh, I, my best friend and I went into business and now we hate each other. And, you know, and you just sort of evolved into a real great partnership. It sounds Absolutely. Like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think we both, I, I, I hope I can speak for her, but, you know, we're really so fortunate in, in terms of how that worked out. And yeah. it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been, you know, unicorns and rainbows. We, we've had some challenges, but I think what made, made it, uh, easier was our ability to communicate really well and be super transparent with each other in terms of what isn't working and, and what we really needed to overcome because like any partnership, it's hard. It's really hard. You know, it's, it's like entering a marriage truly. And so, yeah. uh, and we spend a lot of time together. And so I think, you know, when you're spending that much time with one person, you're, you know, I, I don't know as though it's normal if you don't get irritated by one another, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. But you, like you say, the communication, just yeah. let the, you know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you think women are different when it comes to money, the way we look at it and think about it and deal with it? I think that we tie more things to it uh, sometimes. You know, there's the, the the ability for us to build wealth and handle it and earn it, I, I do believe is, is the same. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a tendency to not put as much ownership on ourselves to prioritize ourselves to figure it out. And we have more shame and vulnerability around money than men do, where uh, we are less likely to ask for help because we're afraid of being judged or we're afraid of being mansplained or we're afraid of um, not being where we should be. And so we make up these stories in our heads that I find men don't typically do. Right. Um, and so that that said, I, I do think that is is a different thing with, for women and, and 
the pressure we place on ourselves about it and feeling like we should be somewhere else or should be further ahead. And so uh, that can cause a lot of trepidation or procrastination in, in terms of taking care of things when in reality, uh, it's always figure outable, right? I think the biggest <laughs> burden is just like saying, okay, what do I do now? You know, um, and it doesn't matter how late in life you're starting or how early you're starting. It's it, it, the biggest thing is starting. Yeah. Yeah. And how about, I I think women also perhaps have a tendency to put other people's needs ahead of their own when it comes to saving money and investing money. Like, oh, I should pay for Mm -hmm. my kid's college first and then I'll do my retirement saving. Or do you find that at all? I do. And and I actually find that a lot with men too, where they just don't realize how uh, planning for everyone else first actually makes everyone else in a worse position than if they were to plan for themselves first, make sure that they're set up and solid, can retire so that they don't have to be a burden to their children later. They're in a much better position than throwing everything at college now. And and it is, it's, it's perception. And I think also we get caught in that comparison trap of what everybody else is doing and without knowing, of course, what's under the curtain or, or behind the curtain, rather, I always mess up those things. Um, <laughs> both. And both so, work. <laughs> yeah, there, I, I do see that a lot with parents, especially parents nowadays, right? Uh, and, and they feel like they have to do everything for their kids when uh, in truth, they're they're not always helping if they're not taking care of themselves first. And and I've seen I've seen it. I've seen the stress. I've seen the anxiety in in couples. And and it doesn't need to be that way. But I think it's also the release of okay, how how can I do this? How can we still do things we enjoy and then prioritize simultaneously the future and and being prepared for what's to come. Yeah. I noticed on your website, you do money coaching and business coaching. And it seems like, I mean, is there a lot of overlap between the two? There, um, with mindset issues there, there is with the money coaching for sure. I think when a client is ready for financial planning, that doesn't mean that they don't have any, uh, mindset, behavioral, or habits uh, that may be holding them back from planning, right? So I think that's the the biggest thing that we tend to never let go of. It just morphs and changes as we evolve as uh, as human beings. But the the coaching is is truly uh, working on the discipline, the habits, the money mindset, and all the behavior things to get someone ready and prepared for financial planning. Um, for sure. And then the business coaching is, is a whole other animal. And, and that's really focused mostly on um, helping women build a, a more profitable business, but a business more in alignment with their lifestyle, where I think we, we feel the busier I am, the more money I'll make when, when in reality, that's, that's not true. And you'll burn out. So right. how can we really give you that ultimate support system and all of the tools and education you need to grow your business effectively? And of course, uh, finances, money, numbers will always come into play, but but it's it's so much more than that. Is as you grow a business, and I'm sure you know, Christine, you can speak to that. It's it's so different to know your craft and be an expert at it and be an entrepreneur. They're two totally different things, and we don't always realize 
all the moving parts and, and what that entails. So that's what we created that program off of because of, of, and again, what I learned over the last decade, building a business and what not to do and, um, and what to do well. And, and now I want to be able to teach that and, and give other women those resources in a shorter period of time and not have to suffer um, all those years and, and learn those lessons that I did and, and giving them that confidence they need. Yeah, because there is, I think for both, there is that potential for, you know, getting in your own way because you're mm -hmm. not 100% comfortable with the idea of having a lot of money, right? I mean, oh, sure. I, people find that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually yeah. doing a game right now with a friend of mine, um, the prosperity game. So the first day you have to spend $1,000 before the end of the day. And the second day you have to spend 2,000 and 3,000, 4,000. So mm -hmm. every day you add $1,000, 1,000 virtual dollars to your amount that you have to spend every day. And it's very easy to come up against like, you know, what am I going to possibly spend this money on and start to say like, how can I, it's interesting because day one, my friend sent, you know, we're texting to each other what we bought mm -hmm. and she bought a thousand, she spent a hundred dollars on shoes. And I said, I said to myself, we need to get more real with this. So I said, send me a picture of the shoes. And she said, she sends me the picture. She said, they actually cost $525. That was just a deposit. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't feel comfortable just, you know, taking some of that thousand dollars and just putting it on the shoes and buying, I'm spending $525 on shoes. Yeah. No, we have to save up for the shoes, even knowing that you're going to get $2,000 tomorrow. You know, it's just, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So they trying to get yourself into shoes. that mindset, like I'm going to, you know, I bought, so last, yesterday I bought a thousand dollar feather pillow. I was like, yeah. that's good. Right. <laughs> that felt good. Even though it wasn't all my money, I probably could have spent a $4,000 on a feather pillow, but <laughs> But it, it's be helpful a good right, to your mindset mm -hmm. to start thinking about, okay, you know, you can spend $525 on shoes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and, and, uh, it's all relative, you know, as far as what you're choosing to prioritize, as long as you're hitting your goals first. And, and I think that sometimes we, we feel guilty for spending money. You know, and I, I say all the time, actually, and, and especially with my financial planning clients under under the Wilcox financial hat is like, you know, that planning gives you permission to spend, right? It right. gives you permission to spend without all of that ancillary anxiety or guilt because we've already taken care of the other stuff, right? We've always made sure you're prepared for retiring or legacy planning or um, the, the next five years in college. And so it's, it's really this different feeling of flipping the switch and saying, wait a minute, like if I choose to buy $500 pair, dollar pair of shoes, I, I can because that's available in my bucket or someone who isn't there quite yet is, is choosing just more date nights. You know, it, it just depends on, on what you, you want and, and you may not value shoes, but you may value more vacations. And, right. and so it, the idea is to make it work within what is important to you. And rewarding yourself. Right. I mean, absolutely. Like, no, I have to mm -hmm. keep my nose to the grindstone and give up my latte or whatever. Right. Cause that's, <laughs> then you'll never be consistent. Right. It, you know, it can't feel like torture or a diet. It, it has to feel in total alignment with who you're becoming so that you can do this every single day. That's what makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Do you find with the business coaching that women are, or any business owner, that it's hard mm -hmm. to get them to pay themselves? Um, sometimes, uh, but not usually. I think it's, it's, harder to get them to grow their team and hire the right help 
actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, is because the the disconnect is um, one being stuck on the how, right, and then and finding who and releasing that. It's especially for all those who are type A control um, the people. I I hear you. I feel you. I am you. Right. It, it, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. But once you do that, it's life changing because it's the only way to scale. Uh, but that is where a lot of the time I actually find the most resistance is is growing the team and and knowing how to do that and then what it looks like because that's scary. It's scary to say, well, there goes fifty grand to somebody else that could be in my pocket. Right. Are they going to give me the right ROI or not? How do we figure that out? What you know? What does it look like? So I would say that that's more so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. I know as an entrepreneur myself, there is sometimes that feeling that, you know, nobody can do it quite like I can. And right. like, I'm paying someone right. to do not as great of a job, right? And like, that's mm-hmm. no good. That doesn't feel good. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. It's scary. It's scary to let that go, you know, and, um, and, and I think what's important is to trust your, your intuition when you're hiring that person, ask the right questions, of course, and, and make sure that they are, are fit for the job, but then trust that they're competent you know, trust that you did find the right person and and that you'll also need to have acceptance that they'll make mistakes as well. And that's okay. Right. Um, It's the only way that they're going to learn and get better, hopefully, and, and learn from that. So as long as you're willing to let go, but then also accept that mistakes will happen, it will get a lot easier and that's okay. You know, I, I think sometimes we feel like it has to be perfect all the time, but I mean, how many times have you made mistakes? <laughs> a lot. You know? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so giving that grace too, because you know, when we recognize the very fact that, like, well, if we don't get this help, we're gonna make more mistakes because we're taking on too much or uh not really being realistic with ourselves in terms of having a business model that's even structured to hit the revenue goals that we want as well, which is another real um really uh, important thing to actually recognize is based on what you're saying you want to accomplish, can you with your current model? Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At what point in the process do people typically start working with you? And as far as that, when they're starting a, a new business, is it like for, I'm thinking of starting a new business or is it more like I've been doing this for X amount of time and now I need, no, I need help for business coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So typically in for our mastermind, they've been in business for at least a year mm-hmm. where they've, um, they've gotten a, a established and they're really at that next inflection point. And now they're ready to commit to a, a, a coaching program because intimate though, it's limited to six women. Um, but typically, you know, a, a startup or someone who's just getting started with a business isn't a good fit for that because they have, they need a lot more. They need a lot more one-on-one attention, especially with the logistics and getting started and the communication and, and kind of getting through all that stuff that you, you think about when you started, you know, those first one to two years are, depending on the type of business, of course, you know, there's there's exceptions. Um, there's a lot and that usually requires more of a, a one-on-one relationship. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Are there good practices that are they, so when you first meet someone and they've been mm-hmm. in business for a period of time, do you, based on your conversation, do you sort of already have a feel for whether or not this person is is likely to succeed? You know, whether or not they came to mm-hmm. you, it's like, oh, this person is, you know, they haven't set a good foundation perhaps or something. 
any I think um, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's actually more so mindset and their hunger for education. So uh, if they're not on the strongest foundation, that's not a deal breaker. It doesn't mean they're going to fail. They just have to be willing to change it and acknowledge it uh, because that happens all the time. But but what will cause a business to fail is someone's inability to accept advice or change or pivot in, in their ability to be flexible. And oftentimes I find entrepreneurs fall into the trap of I'm too busy. I, um, I'm making excuses instead of seeking results, doing the same thing over and over again. Well, it's just hard for me because there's a lot of competition or this is my slow season or it's different after 2020 and we're really just referral based and, um, and we have clients falling off because they can't afford it and we're headed into recession. Those are all excuses. They are not facts. Right. So it, you know, if, if your mindset is that, there's a good chance you're not in that I'm ready to be resilient, pivot and learn and, and be coachable. Right. It's not going to work. But if, you know, regardless of the foundation, if there's stuff but they're open-minded and willing to implement and change, there's a 100% chance that that business can be converted into a really nice, well-oiled, profitable machine. Yeah, it's interesting. I sometimes talk to people and you can hear like, no matter what suggestion you might give them, or you might say, did you try this? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, but that won't work because of this. And this, that won't work. And you're just like, Okay, so forget it. <laughs> All right, you know everything. I can't help you. See ya. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad. Well, well, sorry. I guess you are going to fail. You're right. Oh, so bad. Right, you know. right. What can exactly. you do at that point? So, how can people recognize that they have some like limiting beliefs, whether it be about their business or about money? Is there? I mean, do you think everyone already knows that they have those, or are we? Are they sort of sometimes hidden from us? I think they can be super subtle. I think that we aren't always self-aware of that. And, and sometimes we're not sure how to recognize it or, or even admit it. And so it's about sometimes just pausing and, and reflecting and, and saying, you know, how did I get here? And what am I afraid of? Right. Uh, and writing it down, because when you allow your thoughts to flow onto paper without judgment, without thought, a lot of truth comes out that you just didn't take time to recognize when you're in the busyness of life. And often that can give you answers that you've needed or point you in the right direction moving forward. When you start to write down the things that you're afraid of often are going to mirror the, the potential blocks that you have or, or what's been holding you back. And, and, and it can create a lot of aha moments for, uh, for people. You think that's something people can do on their own? The uh, letting their thoughts flow onto paper, absolutely. Well, more the analyzing um, it once they, you know, going back and reading it and saying, "Oh, look at this!" Right? Is that something I do. that you might just keep skim over it? Right? Oh no, mm -hmm. that's okay. It's no, I, I think that if someone is willing to to do the exercise, they can recognize some of those things holding them back. You know, the next is the scariest thing and that's reaching out and seeking someone who can help them convert it, right? Um, but I, I do believe that uh, someone is is completely capable of doing that themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of recognizing that you're worth the effort and taking time to, to pause in your day 
to do it. And, and we're scared to do that sometimes, you know, we're scared to spend time alone, time with ourselves, time with our mind, because we're afraid of what's going to come out. (laughs) (laughs) It can be really uncomfortable, but as long as you're willing to do that and sit in your own discomfort with your, your own self, (laughs) take yourself on a date, right. You know, (laughs) um, you absolutely can, can do that. And then, you know, the next most important thing is, is step two, what, whether you're willing to let it go and release those things and move forward or, or you're one willing to do that, but you know, you need a little bit of help because you're stuck on the how. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was something I heard. It's not that profound, but when I heard it, I just thought, wow, you know, that who, not how, Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not how am I going to do this? Who to do this? Like, mm-hmm. wow, it just opens up a whole nother way of yeah. thinking about things. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. How can I cure myself? Oh, what if I could have help? Wow, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not here to do it alone. You know, there and there's no one who's been ultra successful who has done it alone. And we need to remember that, you know, all the people that we admire, the people who intimidate us, the people that we respect, want to emulate Every single one of them has had coaches, mentors, advisors, they still do regardless of their level of success. And so, um, you know, and, and if you're, if you're wanting that, you have to be willing to invest in it, be it your own development in, in education and, and really buying into your own self, right. Your own ability to create what it is that you want, but doing it yourself is, is madness. Right. Right. And it when takes a lot longer. Started- Yeah, it's true. And it might take you five years to do what you could do in five months with someone's help. That's exactly right. Yeah. Did you run into any of these sort of blocks or issues when you were starting your company? Of course. Yeah. Um, And I waited too long to hire help. You know, that's one of my biggest regrets is is waiting way too long to hire a business coach. But my uh, belief was I I was terrified that someone would think I was incompetent. I didn't want to admit that I didn't know how to do it all. I didn't want to admit that um, I might not have all the answers. And I was really afraid of that. And I was afraid of letting my team down. I was afraid of, you know, not being able to support uh, them and, and their families, you know, and, and all that stuff that that really um, screwed with me. And so I'm trying to keep it clean. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, that said, when I finally did make that really scary investment, uh, it, it was a life changer because I... I finally took ownership in myself, right? Um, And recognizing that no one's coming to save me. If I want change, I need to go make it. I need to create it. And oh, by the way, I have to invest in someone to be the catalyst to help with that because it's not like she told me new stuff. She didn't. She told me everything I already knew, but the difference was the implementation, right? Information is free. Implementation costs money. (laughs) And so- uh, cause often we do know what to do, but doing what, you know, is, is different. And, and, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And, and there's often a combination of that, but in, in my instance, it, there wasn't, but I actually started doing those things because someone was holding me to it. But the fact that I invested so much into it, I was like, well, better do it now. I've got no choice and this is the way. And, and so it helped me get out of my own way because we're often the one person standing in it, right? Uh, nobody else is. We are. And, and it's getting over, over that hurdle, you know, cause when you invest in a coach, a business coach, or even a financial advisor, mm-hmm. oftentimes what you're doing is you're paying to save yourself time. 
That's what you're doing, right? You're taking their decades of experience and converting it into weeks or months. And, and so if you're doing that, you're, you're simply paying to chop your timeline in half, right? You know, it's, it's not that you can't figure it out, but how long do you want to take to figure it out? And what is that going to cost you, right? What are you missing out in the meantime? And and what is that actual cost? It's a lot more than what you're investing in the coach. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's sometimes hard to think about that, especially when you're starting and money feels a little Mm -hmm. tight and you think, oh, this is just too much to invest. But then you've just wasted how much of your own time and money and potential revenue, right? That you took three years to make instead of taking three months to make and, or however it would have worked out that you could fast track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any tricks? Isn't the right word, I guess, um, (laughs) methods or things that you do on a daily basis that kind of keep your mindset in the right place Mm -hmm. and keep you sort of focused. Absolutely. Uh, so I am extremely routine driven, uh, and I have to be to keep myself in a high energy, high frequency state, you know, the ability that I, um, or or the, the reason I have the capacity to do what I do at the level that I do it is because of my routines and what I do every single day. And so, uh, for me, it is always moving my body. So I go to boot camp Monday through Friday, every single day at four 30, doesn't matter uh, what's going on. I schedule clients around it. My life is scheduled around it. I do not break that promise with myself. I walk every day and um, it doesn't matter what the weather is doing. And this is every single day. I live in Buffalo, New York, three feet of snow. I'm walking pouring rain. <laughs> I'd be trudging walking, through 10 right? feet of snow. On any That's exactly day, right. right. <laughs> I did buy a, I did buy a treadmill this last year. So I like really have no excuses. Like, even if it's like a little dangerous out, I can, I can do that, but I'm, I walk every day, yeah. but here's the thing. When I'm walking, I'm always listening to something. So I go through one to two books a month. Um, and I'm constantly, constantly an active student of the game. So I'm always listening to either a biography, a self-help, self-development book, or a business book that I can learn and absorb something from, even if it's not specific to what I'm doing. I think that anyone who's listened to someone else's uh, life story, you can pull so many gems out oh, of yes. that, right? And, yeah, and it really helps your mindset. So that those are two non-negotiables for me. And then every morning, uh, same, same things too, right? I always read or listen to something positive. I always, always state three things that I'm grateful for. Um, because that's when your brain too, is like the most fresh, the most moldable, moldable in setting your uh, tone for the day and in doing that. And then I take time to have coffee and eat breakfast. Like I do not rush. I will take time to eat that and digest and, and look at my day and plan ahead. And, and for me, even if I have a a 4am flight, I'm waking up two hours early to do the same routine. It's that important to me because if you um, give up on yourself or you make negotiations, it's a slippery slope. And so for me, it's, it's something that is important to maintain all the time. So that way I can always keep that, that attitude and in check. Right. Um, And my health too. Right. And, and doing those things are really important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What kind of tools, are there any tools that uh, you could give people who are sort of in a place where maybe they're thinking about being ready to do something, but they just need like a little bit of uh, guidance to help them to discover the fact that they do, that they are worth the investment of a Mm -hmm. coaching or some type of training and that they are ready or that they even need it. I mean, 
I guess sure. like if you, I don't know if you have like a discovery call with people, what kind of questions you ask them or how you get them to sort of understand. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Am I making sense? <laughs> I think so. Uh, so yes, I do a discovery call every single time to make sure, you know, that individual is a good fit. Um, however, an, a really good exercise is to think about where you are right now. Where are you right now? Where is your business? Where is your income? How is your life? Mm -hmm. Everything in writing it down and looking at it and asking yourself, is it where you want to be? Is it where you want to be? Most of us know, right? There's things that we want to change. We're, we're grateful for where we are, but we know we're capable of more. So, so what's the more, what does that look like? Write that down in another column, write down exactly what you want, where you'd want to be your ideal day, your ideal um, life structure, business income, all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. And then look at it and ask yourself in what areas can I own on my own and what can I commit to? What do I know is my zone of genius? And I just need to change a habit and stop being like, lazy or procrastinating <laughs> or, you know, um, stop saying yes to things that aren't serving me and start saying no to those things. Like those are things we can do on our own. Right. And then, you know, it's about, well, how am I going to close this gap? Okay. And if you don't know how you're going to close the gap, that's where you find the experts to fill it right? To help you fill it. And so uh, what's important about this exercise is recognizing the result that you want and who you're hiring, making sure they're the person to get you that result. Because a lot of times what I find is that people invest in the wrong coaches, the wrong programs, because they have this like beautiful Instagram page or a perfect body, or um, they're portraying this life that they want, but they actually didn't ask the questions of, can you help me with right right x y and z or have you had experience in x so there's a lot of coaches out there who um show a lot of pretty things on the surface but below it they don't necessarily have the skills the credentialing the experience um and a lot of the stuff that they're talking about uh because the the coaching industry if you will is like the wild wild rest right? right there's no regulation for that so it's really important to make sure that if you're investing in in a professional whether it's a coach or a CPA for that matter a financial advisor whomever that they are the right person to get you the result that you need because there's a lot of different types of coaches out there as well you know it might just be that you're depressed, but you have all the other tools. So maybe you need uh, a life coach, someone mm -hmm. to help you through that, if not a therapist, right? It depends right. on, on your personality type and whether you'd, you'd want to just move forward or, or be retrospective on things, but, um, you know, allowing yourself the grace to, to do that practice and then find your people in, in who's going to get you the result that you want in that other ideal column. Yeah, no, that's, that was an excellent point. And it's true. You sometimes are thinking that, oh, it's this huge gulf. But then once you write things down and you look at it you're like, mm, maybe I am just need a kick in the pants, right? Maybe I'm just right. a little depressed. Maybe I'm just a little low energy. And what I need is to get up a half hour earlier and, you know, do jumping jacks. And then I'm going to suddenly yeah. have all the tools I need. Right. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes it's simple fix. Sometimes it's realizing like who you're surrounding yourself with, right? Um, do you need to move out of your current situation? Uh, do you need to uh, get a new friend circle or a mentor or like put your family on pause, you know, like really, really hone into that stuff. And, and, and it's okay. Like all of these things are okay things that that are, I think, normal seasons of life that sometimes we place a lot of pressure or guilt around when in truth, like 
it's all okay. We have seasons of relationships and it's okay to outgrow them. It's okay to move on from them as you evolve as a, a person or an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that can be very difficult, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's emotional too. I yeah. think we can, we can allow ourselves to stay stuck in one spot for too long. Yeah. What I felt, I, I remember feeling at a certain point in my sort of evolution that I was soon going to have nothing in common with anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, my family doesn't get me. My friends don't get me. But then of course, new people come, right? And they fill in and all of a sudden everyone gets you. And you're like, oh, I found my people, you know, I exactly. found my tribe. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to evolve again, probably, you know, it's, um, yeah. which is kind of fun. You know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's hard, but you know, and I've, I've gone through that too, where, you know, I just, the, the people who are my people aren't my people anymore. And, and it is, it's because we have literally nothing in common, right? We have nothing in common. We have no level playing field. I mean, I still love them, of course, but as far as connecting, having that connection, that level of understanding, that level of excitement and energy, you have to share that energy. Um, it, there's not uh, um, much of a place for it anymore, you know? And, and so you, you evolve and move on. And um, to your point, you find your people, right. Um, Who are like-minded and who do value the things that you're doing and getting after, and they don't get annoyed by it or put you down for it. Uh, Cause that's another thing that I, I dealt with quite a bit was the um, constant uh, feeling of tug of war. Like I couldn't please them or I, I couldn't measure up to what they wanted, but what they wanted was on the opposite spectrum of what I, wanted you know exactly um, I can't be as low as they need me to be in order that's for us right to feel good together that's right exactly you know and, and I have a tendency to to be the glasses uh half full type of person and and I don't like drama and I don't like um playing off of that and so uh but I also like to work a lot like I just like it I love what I'm doing and so uh you know get, get on my ship or get off damn it right. <laughs> you know? so, um but but yeah it it was certainly a learning curve for me that's for that's for sure yeah it's an evolution it's, yeah that's right yeah so Nicole, I've real I've loved talking to you. Our, our time is just like flying by. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I would have asked you? Nothing that comes to mind. I think you asked really, really terrific, insightful questions. Um, uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. Well, you gave really fantastic answers. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so how can people, I mean, this is all going to be in the show notes. Oop, I just hit the microphone. How This is all going to be in the show notes, but how can people reach out to you? How, what would be the process if someone said, you know what, I'm hearing Nicole and I really need to talk to her. I need her in my life. She's going to be the person who's going to help me get to the next level. How can they find you? So a great place to engage with us is on our Instagram page at Pow Her House Money. And in our Instagram bio, there is a link to all of our websites, everything we have going on, as well as a link to book a call. If you are not on social media, it's okay. Uh, you can go to either one of our websites, Power House Money or Wilcox Financial Group, both of which will be in the show notes. And right on the homepage of each website is a link to book a call. So that that would be the best way to, to do that. Yeah. And that's, a person has to be a good fit, right? And that's something that yeah, that's right. I, I would say to people, if you're thinking about a coach, interview people and find one who doesn't make you feel stupid. Find one who doesn't make you feel, you know, like you're, like they don't get to you, right? Find somebody who gets you, who can, who you feel like you can work really well with, who you can have a great conversation with, as I've just been having here with Nicole. And, you know, that just feels, feels like this is, this is it. This is the, 
Because it's a it's a very trust intensive type of relationship, right? It absolutely is. You know, you have to have that rapport in, in that synergy. And and I am not everybody's cup of tea, right? Um, and and but what I'm how could you not like me? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but when I'm interviewing clients too, I want to feel that same way. Like I want to be excited to talk to you. I don't want you to like drain my energy, you know, cause when, especially with the mastermind and the business coaching relationship, like we are talking all the time and I go all in with my clients, like come hell or high water, I'm making sure you get what you, what you need. Right. And, and the results that you want. And for that level of uh, communication interaction, like we have to love each other. Right. Um, and, and really get along. And so that synergy is so critical. And I think in part it's, it's intuition, right. It's, it's that intuitive initial um, energy exchange that you're like, yes, you are one, you have the skills that I need. That's the first and foremost. Okay. Like we're not going to be best friends. Like I'm going to be your coach and I'm going right. to give you tough love. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll become friends. Right. Um, but that's not the point, but, but the point is the person who has a skill set, but who you can show up and be vulnerable with and take that input and not feel threatened or intimidated. Right. right. Exactly. I think that's the most important thing, uh, because oftentimes when we feel intimidated by someone, and, and again, I've been in a position like this before, we don't ask the questions that we really want to ask. And that's what, that's what moves the needle. Yeah. So uh, making sure that you are are doing the due diligence with that. And, and to your point, interviewing people, interviewing coaches, interviewing advisors. And, and I tell clients that all the time, you know, when, when they say to me, okay, well, I'm going to talk to you and a couple other people. I say, great. I hope you do, because I want, I want to be, if you choose me, I want it to be because you're really excited to do it. And you have that conviction, you know, yeah. um, and, and so much so that I even created a list of questions for clients to ask uh, other, actually other financial advisors when they're interviewing everyone else, because like, I don't care. There's plenty of people for everybody. I want yeah. it to be a good fit both ways. You know, it's a long-term relationship. So I did, I said, here's a, you know, here's a great list of questions, go interview other advisors. And if I'm, I'm for you, come back, you know, I'd love to okay. work with you, but um, I think that's really important. And that's the abundance mindset that you want that's with right. your money, with your life, <laughs> with your business, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and at the end of the day, if, if I'm, you know, not for you, it's, there's no point in me trying to hard sell that either. You know, I, I much rather have it be a good fit both ways. And both of us feel really confident in that relationship. Definitely. Excellent. Nicole, thank you so much for being with yeah. us today. I, I know I got a ton out of listening to you and talking to you, and I hope that everyone else did as well. And listeners, who do you know who can benefit from listening to Nicole and from hearing what she's been sharing with us and potentially even from having a call with her to take their business or their life, their financial life to the next level, which I think Nicole can definitely bring us there. So just for this episode to them and they will thank you 100%.